Welcome to episode 86 of the Amanda Wagner podcast, the place for fiercely ambitious entrepreneurs and leaders who want to get off the sidelines, build a legacy and claim their spotlight. In this episode, we are talking about assumptions and not just the ones that we make, but the ones we think other people are making about us. We talk about how considering these assumptions could help us identify some of our own fears and insecurities or potentially things that we're really confident in. And we also share how examining these assumptions could help us move closer towards what we want. I'm Amanda Wagner, speaker, business strategist, and professional hype woman. And I'm Liz Pittman, a digital communications specialist. The Amanda Wagner podcast is the place for ambitious entrepreneurs and leaders who are tired of looking at others and saying, why are they doing that and I'm not? And are ready instead to claim their own spotlight. On this podcast, we talk about the challenges and delights of being highly ambitious and how even though we're impatient and at times anxious, we can be intentional and make strategic decisions about how to get more of what we want in a noisy world. You have probably said or done something before with the motive of, I don't want them to think X, Y, Z about me. Or you've experienced a look, a conflict, or something that gives you the feeling that somebody is making an assumption about you. In the last couple of weeks, I was in a group of team leaders and one of them bravely said, I think that other people assume that because I blank, 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 I must, blah, blah, blah. And I challenged her to follow the thread. I asked her, what other assumptions do you think people are making about you? From there, we started to explore, are any of these assumptions true? And if they are, what does that mean? We also played with, let's say they are thinking this. How does that impact your relationship with this person? How does this impact your behavior or the way that you show up? And the third piece that we pulled on was, what might this assumption say about your own true feelings, your own security or insecurity? And basically, where do we go from here? How do we take this thing that we have made up in our mind, thinking that somebody may or may not be thinking about this, and make it empowering and help us give ourselves information about how we exist, how we show up, how we want to be seen in the world. Now, I am not a psychologist. So of course, I come to this knowing that somebody out there listening might be like, oh, this is very dangerous. Why would we give these assumptions any weight? Frankly, not just assumptions, but assumed assumptions. There's there's a meta thing happening here. I am assuming that someone else is assuming this about me. In this conversation with the team leaders, this person was incredibly brave. She was willing to explore and to say out loud the assumptions that she feared other people could be making. And for me, giving this time and space was an opportunity to consider why somebody might think these things. Also, does it matter if they're thinking these things? And how could this person change the narrative if they want to? In an effort to pull at this thread and see how I could make it work with a team to have a discussion about assumptions, I did it myself. I sat down with a notepad and I considered 
what assumptions might people be making about me? And the follow-up to the exercise is, what information does this give me? How does this propel me forward? Liz, I talked to you a little bit about this activity. When I pitched to you that I wanted to talk about assumptions, that was exciting for you. Tell me a little bit more about why that piqued your interest. Because honestly, it's not something I've ever really thought about too much. I thought it might be an interesting space to play in. I don't I don't think about things like this at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I was like, ooh, there's the potential for this to be juicy. Yeah, that's. I just got excited because I like when we kind of delve into things that aren't really taking up too much space in my brain. So thank you for the opportunity. Oh, my pleasure. Rest assured, I'm going to pull at the thread of some of the assumptions you think others might be making about you. And again, I can't tell you if this is the picture of mental health to be exploring a story that we are telling ourselves. But I really do think that there's value in in pulling at it and in figuring out what might this say. So when I sat down and I wrote my assumed assumptions, I also reframed it as these are the things I am afraid of other people thinking of me, or these are the things that I wonder if other people think about me. And my job is to go, okay, what happens next? So I'm going to share some of my assumed assumptions. Liz, I'm going to ask you to do the same. And and I want to, again, pull on these pieces, these questions that I asked this woman of, so what could that mean? What information is this giving me? So the first assumed assumption that I have in my mind is that I am all ego and I will step on others to get what I want because I have said out loud how ambitious I am how impatient I am, how I want it all. I want it now. And so I imagine that some people think she's just going to use whoever she can in whatever possible way to make it happen. So if I come back to the three questions that I asked this leader in this room, is this assumption true? I can confidently say that that isn't real data. That's just a fear. I am not that type of person. Yeah, there's ego involved in many of the things we do. It doesn't mean I'm going to step on others to get it. The second piece, if somebody is thinking this, how does this impact my relationship with this person or my next steps? Well, again, that doesn't really go anywhere because it's not true. The third piece is where it gets interesting. What might me making this assumption that somebody else might be assuming about me, say about my own insecurity. And for me, that tells me that the relationship and understanding of self-confidence and ego and ambition deserves some playing. It deserves some exploring because there is a podcast review from very early in the show where somebody posted a review and said something about how I'm ego-driven and I need mental health support. And I remember that four years in because it makes me go, okay, so what do I do to prove that that's not the case? And is that where my effort is best spent? Liz, what are your thoughts based on, on this assumed assumption of mine? 
I just every time you say assumed assumption, it makes me laugh because it's just such a funny phrase. This one for me, I think proves your self-awareness. The fact that you think that others may think that you're all ego and you're going to do whatever you need to take and step on whoever you need to step on to get there. I think having that thought or considering that as someone's perspective to me shows that you are the opposite of that because Mm -hmm. you are so concerned about that perception Mm -hmm. that that shows me self-awareness. I agree. I think that's a really interesting way to look at it. I am, for better or worse, incredibly self-aware, which in some ways could be empowering going, so why am I paying attention to this story that I've made up? And yet, I think my self-awareness is something that is really powerful about me. And that is where the, like, to me, that's where looking at this story fires me up. It makes you go, oh, no, I am self-aware. I can take this thing off my worry list. It means that the next time there is a, a review or a shitty comment or something where somebody says, oh, she's all ego. I go, oh, don't worry about it. I've already worked on that. I already know where that fear and insecurity comes from. And that's not the actual truth. And I think that that's a really important choice to make I think with part of doing this exercise is when considering what others perspectives or assumptions might be you're making a very intentional choice about what you're going to do right what are we going to do with this information where do we go from here pulling on the threads helps us take the path in this journey that's helpful and not destructive exactly because I think if we didn't pull on the threads I would either be desperately sad and lonely and crying all the time Or I might be going so far in the other direction to prove that that's not me, which would actually negate the things that I think are important. I'm not on a mission to prove that I don't have an ego. I'm on a mission to get what I want without stepping on other people at the same time. I get to choose how to do this. Now, Liz, I asked you some of your assumed assumptions. Again, I know it's it's a challenging way to think about it. And I know I keep saying it because none of these things are actually true. I don't have proof. I am assuming what somebody else might be assuming about me. Liz, hit me. An assumed assumption that I have that people may have about me. I don't think that's grammatically correct, but you know where I'm headed. An assumption could be that I want a massive business and that freelancing is just a stepping stone to Mm -hmm. hiring a bunch of people, running an agency, like having this big footprint. I do not want that. Freelancing is not a stepping stone. This This is the real deal. This is end game for me. And so I think that that could be an assumption because that is a path that so many people take. Right. That the freelancing is the thing that holds you over until you get to the real thing. And you're just saying, no, no, this is the real thing. Yeah, this is it, baby. This is the real thing. This is not just a temporary solution until I find the thing. This was done intentionally. I'm doing exactly what it is that I want to do. What information does this assumed assumption give you? (laughs) Well, it can help me get some clarity Uh, And some reminders for myself, remind myself of the satisfaction and the fulfillment that I get from freelancing, 
by choosing not to pursue a huge company or running a massive marketing agency. I get to enjoy more of my life. What a wonderful reminder that mm-hmm. I can have with that information. I can also appreciate even more so than I already do uh, the client relationships I have. If I had a massive business, I wouldn't be able to do that as well as I do now. And that's a really special thing for me. Mm-hmm. I think one of the biggest things that I can do if I consider the fact that this may be an assumption is I can challenge the conventional idea that scaling equals success totally that that's not doesn't have to be that doesn't have to be that at all and I think that there's so traditionally this narrative that you have to in order to succeed you have to get bigger and bigger and bigger and I don't want to do that so success is different for me there's a book by Paul Jarvis called company of one why staying small is the next big thing and it's exactly that it's fighting back against this If you're working by yourself, you're doing it wrong. You haven't grown enough. You're not scaling. Therefore, you're not successful. And from many of the people that I've talked to who have intentionally stayed small, who have made the choice to stay as a company of one or a company of one and contractors, it's because they still really care about doing the work. They don't want to lead people. They want to build relationships, do great work, but they don't want to transition into a leadership role that would take away the technical elements and the pieces they're really good at and make them people managers. So I do think that looking at that challenges this assumption. As if you've listened to the podcast before, you'll know that I like to poke and prod to try to get more feelings out of Liz. Do you think that this assumption speaks to any sort of insecurity within you or your business? I don't think... I just opened my mouth. Yeah, I just opened my mouth like four different times before I started speaking. I don't think it speaks to an insecurity. It just, it seems like people are used to seeing a very specific story, Mm -hmm. right? You become a freelancer on your way to something else. And I don't know if insecurity is the word, but it's just kind of me wanting to set the record straight that that's not, I don't care. (laughs) That's not what I'm trying to do. So I don't know if insecurity is the right word, but there is something there that I'm like, I'm proving that you don't have to scale and have a massive business in order to, to be doing it well. I don't know. Right. Yeah. Challenging the narrative that success equals growth. It equals a certain number of people on your team. It means that you have an office or an agency or a firm that freelancing can be the end stone. And for you, that's the right choice. When I asked you to dig into some assumed assumptions, what was that experience like for you? Fucking hard. (laughs) Ah, tell me why. Uh, I really struggled. I was doing my prep for this episode this morning and I had no idea what I was going to bring forward. Uh, Like, I started Googling for inspiration because I didn't know what to do. And I finally got there. I went for a walk. I had a workout. I came back, and then it kind of appeared. But to sit down and to try and think about this was tough because I don't spend time thinking about this. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it was challenging for me. I want to be clear that I'm not challenging our listeners to bang their head against the wall trying to find something that doesn't exist for them. If this doesn't feel good, don't do it. 
it was just so interesting to me that this came up in a team conversation and I went, okay, so how this person might think this, okay, so how does that affect how you work with them? Because to me, if we can peel off some of the layers, in my case, it demonstrated some of my insecurity, but it also demonstrated my intense self-awareness. In your case, I think when it comes to wanting to challenge what growth looks like, paying attention to this assumption further solidified that you're doing the right thing for you. What a gift. Oh, absolutely. Once I kind of figured out what this thread was that I needed to pull on, I felt amazing doing this prep because it just like really clarified things for me or was a really helpful reminder that like, yeah, I know what I'm doing. This was all intentionally done. Totally. Now, the cool thing to me is that when, again, the second part is where the magic happened. What does this information tell me? What I found interesting doing this activity was that my fear that somebody was making this assumption about me had nothing to do with them. It was all to do with me. And that to me is where the empowerment comes in. What's happening in my brain that makes me think someone might be thinking this about me? What's the story that I'm telling myself that's getting me there? And because it's about me, it propels me to take action. One of the other assumed assumptions that I made and Liz, this will not be a surprise to you. This assumed assumption is that I am all show, no go. And that every time I express the impact and the reach that I want to have, I fear that people are sitting and waiting for me to fail. They're waiting for me to be humiliated. Or they're sitting back and going, yeah, you've said this before. When are you actually going to make it happen? Now, none of that is about them. Because I don't have any proof that anyone is actually, first, paying attention to me, second, thinking or saying this. And the third piece is, even if they are, how is that helpful to me? This episode is not about making assumptions and then testing if they're true. The conversation is about looking at the assumption and going, how do I use that to reveal something about myself? How do I use it to reveal something in this case about my business or where I want to be? And most importantly, how do I take this information and use it to propel me forward? Because if one of my fears, one of my insecurities is that I'm all show, no go, I talk the talk, but am I actually walking the walk? That is my cue to take some action. That's the cue that makes me go, okay, time to pick your metaphor, light things on fire, burn something to the ground, throw something at the wall, whatever that choice is, it's like to borrow the beautiful language of my brilliant friend who is doing something big and so exciting. Blow this bitch up. That assumption has me going, it's time to stop playing small. And that's juicy. So from a mental health perspective, I can't say if this is quote unquote healthy or not to explore these assumptions, these stories that we're making up. But for me, it made me go like, all right, bring it on. If this is what I am afraid of people thinking, and I know it's not true, it's on me. How exciting.
Liz, any other assumptions that you made? An assumption that people may have about me is that she must just love social media because she spends so much time on it and she does so much work on it. She must just want to spend every hour of the day on Instagram. And I can tell you that is not true at all. And I think that that's an assumption that's made about a lot of digital communicators and digital marketers is that that being online and having that high screen time, they must just thrive because that's the space they clearly like to be in. And that's false for me anyway. I want to poke. Do you think people assume because you are on social media so often that this is easy for you? Oh, yeah. Tell me about that. I think you you could apply that formula to anybody. Anybody that does something a lot, it mm-hmm. must be easy for them. And certainly there are parts of my job that are easy and that come to me easier than they would to people who don't do this. Uh, but not all of it is easy, especially when we have the conversation about preserving well-being and mental health and finding that balance and deciding how much of my own personal life is intertwined with social media right like that's a whole layer to this um that is a tricky one to navigate Mm -hmm. yeah i think that if our audience is to participate in this activity and to try it for themselves i imagine that we could pull out some consistent themes that something is either we might assume that someone else thinks this is easy or hard or not valuable or too expensive We could pull at all these things that other people might assume. And then our job is to get to go in and kind of debunk some of those. Yeah. And mine for the data that actually helps us. Exactly. So when we, when we look at the data of like, what is that saying? What information from that assumed assumption is helpful? Well, it can help me determine or remember what my true feelings are about social media channels and recognize that social media isn't always my preferred digital space. Mm. Sometimes I love it. A lot of times I don't. Social media is a dumpster fire place. Yeah, it's yeah, <laughs> that was better language than mine. Social media kind of sucks sometimes. So This information can serve as a reminder to me to explore other platforms and channels on the personal side, but with my professional work as well, which I've been doing, right? Doing more email marketing, doing more content creation for blogs or podcasts, or more on the content creation side of social media and less on the managing side of things. So that balance has been shifting for me, Mm -hmm. but to do this exercise is a reminder to keep shifting because I'm happier when I'm spending less time, you know, moderating Facebook comments. Right. Yeah. I think there, again, there's so many opportunities. And when I sat back and thought about this episode, whenever I script, I sit back and go, okay, so what, why am I saying this? So I was able to pull out some like bottom line ideas and the bottom lines for me is that when we consider what other people might assume, It can be useful in identifying our own insecurities, desires, or next steps. I also think that when we look at these assumptions, we have an opportunity to think about how we show up. How do we play in this space? How do we want to be perceived? And what do we do to make sure that's happening? The third thing to me is that, 
and, and I know I'll sound like a broken record, but we maintain the right to give as much or as little thought to what other people think of us or what they might assume of us as we want. If this isn't helpful, don't do it. If this helps you move forward and do something that you want more of, then maybe it's a worthwhile exercise. And I would say that my, my biggest aha is that looking at these assumptions has the potential to be empowering and it puts me in a position to tell myself the truth a little more often. If I look at what this assumption is, I'm the only one who knows whether that's true or not. And that lights a fire under me. I know that I'm not all show, no go. So let me go prove it. Let me put my energy there. It seems that, Liz, you and I have in common that looking at these assumptions kind of put both our feet in the ground again and go, no, this is, these are choices that we're making. This is intentional. Yeah, I think it just kind of served as reminders and kind of a kick in the butt as a why we're doing this and that we're doing it right. Mm -hmm. And if it's not right, I get to make a different choice. Exactly. But I get to come back to, this is so woo-woo of me to say, I get to come back to my truth. Uh, I do. I know. It's gross language. (laughs) It felt gross saying it, and then I said it a second time. It works here, though. We'll let it go. Okay. We'll let it slide. (laughs) So this is my ask to you, which if you found this conversation interesting, consider an assumption that somebody might be making about you. And don't stop at that first step. Take that assumption and pull at the thread and say, what might this be telling you? What information does this give you? How does it make you feel? How does it inform what you want? And how does it get you towards your next step? And in the meantime, after having done this activity, I sit here and go, I'm going to be over here taking some action. And that means that I am starting to play more in some email marketing space. I have some ideas for some blogs, for some content that I want to put out that I intend to only put out to my email list. So... If this conversation lit you up and you like seeing some of the behind the scenes pieces, A, you're in the right place, and B, sign up for the newsletter at theamandawagner.com. I would love to share some of the things that are happening in the background over here so that if you ever think she's all show, no go, I'm here to tell you that that isn't true, and I'm so excited about it. And if you need some support with content creation or storytelling, hit me up. I can help with emails or blogs or podcasts or bulk content creation for your social media channels. Let's talk about what that might look like. You can find me on Instagram at Liz Pittman or visit my website, LizPittman.com. Liz, you and I have been podcasting solo for a couple episodes and it is time to bring our guests back. I am so excited for our next guest who will be joining us in two weeks. We are hosting Leanne Colley from Leanne Charlene Creative and The Branded Good. And we are here to talk about one of my favorite things, which is the idea of having it all. It will be wonderful to have another voice on the podcast to discuss life transitions and what having it all really means. So excited to have Leanne on the podcast. I'm a big fan of hers, and we will be back with that episode in two weeks. Until then, we will see you on the internet.
Are you still grouchy? No, I'm in a better mood. Oh. <laughs>